This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. <laughs> I, I, I often find this the hardest part for me is to say hi to you every time. I think so. I, should, I know. I should. I think I should just jump in with, with just interviewing. In. Just you, say you. Jim's here. I don't have to. You know, can just say hi. Later. Jim's here, by the way. All right, that's too much banter. He's here. Point. All right, so we're gonna get jump right in. That is way too much banter yeah, for us. We're not the banter. We're podcast. usually sixty seconds in. We're on topic. All right, that's why I've people already love messed us. it up. All right, All right let's so. Go. But I do want to remind you, go to practicalshepherding.com. You can reach out to us. Go to the top contact page that you can request topics for us to cover, as well as if there's a way, specific way we can, we can help you. Uh, so go there. Let us know how we can serve you in some way. You can find all of our resources there. You can also go and write a review for the podcast because Jim will check it. And see if you're saying anything terrible about us, and then we'll and then we'll delete it. We'll, no, we'll, then we'll delete it, and and we'll we'll self loathe and sh- feel shame over it, Jim. That which is which, which is, is our a topic. great segue That's a great into, into segue. the into that was the well done. Yeah. Actually, we won't do that, but you know, it's a good segue nonetheless. So we had somebody write us in with a really good topic and one that is very relevant to pastors in particular. This is a conversation we'd have about really any Christians and how we deal with this topic, but particularly, obviously, we want to. Focus on pastors, and this is a a very common situation for pastors, and that is how do pastors deal with kind of self negative talk, the shame they feel over either decisions they've made, things not going well, people attacking them. Mm-hmm. You know the the challenges of ministry uh, bring. I mean, it's the one of the things that I have found, Jim, that that pushes pastors to the brink is is how do you deal with failure in your life because right. your your things aren't going to always go like you exactly often they don't go like you want them to go in ministry so how do you deal with that right how do you deal with feelings of failure how do you deal with maybe shame over a legit bad decision you made and 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 Mm. you have to deal with the consequences of there's all kinds of things that are in play here but this really is tied to the pastor's sole idea so we want to have this conversation because it's really important how a pastor deals with that that shameful negative talk when things don't go like he wants or he has a reason to acknowledge he made a mistake or even sinned in a way that harmed the congregation. How do you deal with the shame and the and the constant just kind of crushing yourself over that? And I know as I'm saying that, there's a lot of people listening to this who know exactly what we're talking about, just yeah. in general. A lot of people live there. So this is a conversation we want to have. Jim, will you just kind of set it up biblically for us and how we want to think about this? Brian, there's some tension here with this, and because on the one hand we recognize that there uh, there is some legitimacy to the, some of these things. I mean, shame, shame is not always a bad thing. In fact, you know, part of the reason for church discipline is that somebody would be ashamed. And we read in the scriptures of those who have no shame, you know, and there's no fear of God and that sort of a thing. You you, you carry with that what Paul says in Romans chapter seven. And depending where you fall out on there, well, let me at least say Paul says at that at that point, well, wretched man that I am, that that, that there is a, a all of us have been driven to Christ because of our our, our guilt, in a right sense because of our shame and because of our failure. Yeah. If, if we didn't fail, if we didn't sin, if if we were sufficient for everything, we would never have come running to the Savior in the first place. Yeah, depravity is the word yeah, a lot of us so, will use around yeah. that. Yeah. And so, but then you also have that sense, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, who's sufficient for these things? Mm-hmm. You look at the task of being a pastor, Brian, and, and, and there are times I, it just feels so overwhelming. I, I, I was preaching at a church a, a few months ago, and the church I've been trying to help find a pastor, and there were two lay elders there. 
and I was talking some about what pastoral ministry looks like, and I'm, I'm laying it out, and you know, everything I'm doing is, is from the scriptures, but you know, for those men hearing that, and even for me preaching it, there was that sense of just feeling overwhelmed, like, mm-hmm. well, who can do this? Who can I mean, do all this? Yeah. Who's able to do all of this and do yeah. all of this well? Yeah. And the reality yeah. is, and if you pastor, you're going to preach some bad sermons. Yep. You're going to make some bad decisions. You're going to make people mad with You're going to make decisions. people mad. There are people that are going to be hurt either by your slowness to deal with things, by your negligence, by being too quick to deal with things. You were harsh or you were too easy. Yep. And all of those things can happen, and you feel like the state of the church is on you. People are leaving. It's on you. It's a judgment call on you. People aren't joining. People aren't being converted. It's time to turn in your baptism numbers, and you don't really have anything. You know, all of those things, you go to a pastor's fraternal. Other guys are talking about their church growing. They're talking about how people, you know, they're going around, and they're preaching at conferences, and somebody wants them to write an article or a book or whatever. None of that's coming your way. And you can just sit with yourself, and you can beat yourself up for hours and hours. Yep. That's good. I, I would. Uh, one other text came to my mind was just Second Corinthians four, where the design is that we're a jar of clay mm. that carries the most precious yeah. treasure. And so, in a way, you know, when you're talking about who's sufficient for these things, like the the design is that we're to be unimpressive jars of clay that carry the treasure, right. which implies. We're not. Not only we're not going to do everything right. We're not going to look good doing doing it a lot of the time. Yeah. And, and we're we're a, we're a jar of clay. We're we're a means for God. And it even Paul even says specifically there the reason this is the design is so that the power of God is the one that is seen in in the work in the work that He does through us. Right. And, and even when Paul says uh, later on there when he talks about that I will glory in my weakness yep. so that the power of God may be yep. seen in me. Right. He, he did not fixate on his weakness in such a way that led to a kind of unhealthy self-loathing right. that was crippling to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, there is – these things are real. Uh, you're, you know, for a brother, whoever had, who wrote this in, I had wanted to deal with this topic at some other point, you know, just kind of how do we, how do we yeah. handle failure. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, I've – done a fair bit of that throughout the years all right so let's let's start this conversation by maybe defining a scale we've got so let's imagine if i you know because see a a big whiteboard i have drawn uh, a scale that on one side is pride yeah uh, and the bottom side is self-loathing yeah not humility but self-loathing so help give me your definition of humility around that and then i'll do the same let's start there Oh, that's very kind of you, Brian. Brian told me he had a definition. I so do have I'm, a definition, but I'm going to be able to. If I'm so, let you if go I, first. Okay. <laughs> I, I think humility is essentially is a, is a sober, accurate a diagnosis of your gifts and weaknesses before God. It it would encompass in it the reality of your humanity and of your frailty, but also God's goodness and God's giftedness to you. So it's an accurate. Paul said to the said to the Romans, in Romans chapter twelve, to everyone among you, think soberly uh, about himself, not more highly than you think, but soberly. That yep. is so to have a sober, accurate self assessment, which ought to lead you not to pride. Hmm. But to a sense of uh, a sense of, of real humility. That's an excellent definition, Jim. By the way, I think that's really good. Matter of fact, I, I think, I mean, mine falls into what you were talking about, and that's, uh, I think, humility is is somewhere in the middle between that scale of mm. self-loathing and pride. Mm. In other words, pride 
is thinking too highly of ourselves right. than we should. Right. But self-loathing and negative talk, honestly, I would say is thinking too lesser of ourselves than we should. Yeah. And, and the reason I want to highlight that, and I just, and I'll, I'm going to go ahead and pick on a camp, and so we're 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 in in this camp, so we can pick on it. Um, you know, those who would hold to uh, a, a more reformed soteriology and really hype on the the total depravity aspect of our, right. which by the way I hold to uh, but the problem is total depravity uh, is is acknowledging our complete helplessness to know we need God until God yeah. opens our eyes to see that what the problem is it gets taken to the level of there's nothing good about me or in me right right and that's not total depravity and and that's been sold in a way that I think's frustrating and really unhelpful and it, and it yeah. makes a lot of people not be able to see anything good in them in a sense because they're told there's nothing there but there is god you're created in the image of god still you right. have gifts that god is working and redeeming he's given you abilities you know there's there's things in us that common grace and that being created in the image of god i think show up in, in our lives yeah. and that is not combating total depravity Total depravity is a lot of times what I see leads to guys not being able to find the balance of what true humility is, and that is an honest assessment, a sober, honest assessment of who we are. Right. And again, part of that will include, I don't do this particularly well, but right. God has God has enabled me and God has gifted me. And it was interesting. I, I, I was teaching at, a, again, another church uh, some time ago, and the uh, a question came up, and this was in a Calvinistic, you know, reform setting. But the question came up: Are we worthless? Is it right to ever say to somebody you're worthless, ra- rather than unworthy? What's the difference between being unworthy oh, yeah. and being worthless? Good conversation, yeah. You know, and and that worthlessness carries with it something that I don't think the scriptures mean when it talks about really we are that we are unworthy. That is, we don't deserve it. Uh, to be worthless is to say that we're you know we're not worth anything, and yeah, obviously we're not if, valuable. If, well, how do you how do you how do you place a value on things? Well, how much it costs? If I said to you, Brian, this watch um, costs four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you'd look at it very differently. Like I just look very ordinary. No, no, this is a four hundred fifty thousand dollar watch. Well, we're redeemed with the blood of a lamb, not with the blood. If, if we were purchased with gold and silver, you know, we might really, but. We, walk around with our chest puffed up we were purchased with the blood as of a lamb you know uh, an unspotted lamb yep. that's that's a, an infinite value played for a, a paid for us you know so there is that sense in which we recognize i am a child of god and if you're in ministry that the lord was pleased to call you into ministry and if you're pastoring a particular church and his providence he brought you to that people, you didn't do that. You didn't. You didn't create that. You didn't call yourself. You didn't gift yourself, and you didn't bring yourself there. The Lord did all of that for you, and so you need to recognize that in order to have a, a healthy view. Again, it doesn't mean you always do everything right, and and so how do you handle that? So we're going to handle this. I think what we want to talk about today. On the one hand, there are there are there are a lot of arrogant guys in ministry. There are. That's and Brian, true. Brian, I have I've come across oh, I, them. I, I, You've I'm come across you. them. Yeah, there is. It's. I, I would almost rather deal with a guy on this. I mean, f- as far as personally, I'd rather deal with a guy who is bemoaning their own selves genuinely. And again, I the most arrogant guys I know would say, "Oh, I'm a terrible, wretched sinner." And it's like, yeah. well, you don't mean it. I mean, yeah, yeah you, you, you know, But if you're questioned about anything, anyway, that's a whole I- other t- discussion. But here's somebody who says, 
how do I even stand up in front of people? I'm I'm I, I'm such a I'm such a bad Christian. I sinned this week. I I yelled at my wife. I was on, impatient with my child. I had a lustful thought or whatever it is. You're beating themselves up. That's shame. Or there's a sense of I have had three bad sermons in a row. Maybe uh, I started this book and I'm I'm in way over my head. I you know I shouldn't have I shouldn't have started my new you know the new series on numbers or something like that. And you're <laughs> wrestling with it. And um, or you just came out of a bad counseling session, or the couple you sought to help—they're they're worse after three weeks of meeting with you, and you feel it. You feel a total failure. The reason this we we want to have this amount of time to talk about the scale we're talking about is this is really the, the framework I think to understand this. The the prideful, arrogant guy. I'm with you, and I'm a lot of people have heard me say this. I say this on all the time. Give I would much. I will ten out of ten times give me the humble, teachable guy who's a mess. And I'll work with him. The gifted, arrogant guy. Like you can have him. Like I don't even. I don't even have a desire to mess with that person. Well, he never wants you to mess with him anyway. Well, that's true. So that works out so. well. But that's <laughs> the point. Is I think that's a separate conversation. Right. When we're talking about the guy that is like overly negative talk just kind of uh, living in his shame and let crushing himself uh, too too diff, you know too harshly is kind of the spirit I think of what we're talking about here and what was being asked of us and I think a lot of guys live there because in your point the guys who are not seeing the results or they see they're making mistakes they're not being effective in the way they want to be effective right. then yeah they can go to a dark place and so let's let's try to make some sense around that in, yeah. in, in this conversation so here's Here's one of the things I want to highlight. I believe that, on, again, on that scale, if humility's in the middle and you go to this self-loathing place, uh, w- again, g- some guys are theologically taught that's actually where we're supposed to be. No, it's it's not. It's not a healthy place yeah. to be. And one of the things that the guys have to realize is when you're in that self-loathing place, one of the implications, and I see this consistently, I know it in my own life, I cannot receive anything kind or positive or encouraging that is said to me. That self-loathing basically says, I'm worthless, so no, you're wrong. I didn't preach a good... So I know there's guys listening to this right now who are thinking to themselves, you know, they, they know that that's how they receive kind words to them or somebody who tries to say something encouraging to them. You know, that was a really helpful sermon. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Right, 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 I did right. this and that. Like That's what's happening there is there is a shameful self-loathing that guys are living in, and it prevents them from being able to receive anything kind and encouraging. So as a test question, reflective question, kind of self-awareness, I think a question we need to be asking ourselves regularly is, am I able to receive encouraging kind words from mm. someone else, mm. or do I dismiss them? Like, yeah. and, and I think that's one of the places to evaluate. If you cannot receive that, it probably means you live in this negative talk, self-loathing place, and it prevents you from being able to receive it. Yeah, there's a there's a book several years ago, and I want to say it's Sam Crabtree wrote it. It's called Practicing Affirmation. I don't know if you've ever yeah. read it. Yeah, I haven't read it, but um, I heard it's good. And a lot of it's really good. Yeah. So, I, so let me practice some affirmation. And oh, say, good. Oh, I thought that was really Sam good. will appreciate but that. But what what he got at, and his major premise of the book was that what you are when you are commending someone, what you are looking for and addressing is the work of God in their life. Not so much praising that, hey, you're beautiful, you're fabulous, you're so talented, but that there is a way in which, in a sense, you are in front of another person thanking God for their work in them. And so 
when when we if we would practice that toward ourselves, you know, we could say, well, listen, what have I seen the Lord do? Yeah, unworthy though I am, right? I did fail. I I don't have I don't I don't have all the wisdom. That doesn't I, I, change. I didn't put, it what doesn't just change that right. Yeah. The sense of look, the Lord Jesus loved me and died for me. Uh, he gave me certain gifts and certain burdens and certain desires. I wasn't seeking all that. It's not that I want. I don't want this platform. It wasn't any of those things. Uh, but the Lord gave these things to me. He, he gave me gifts. He gave me abilities. He gave me encouragement from my church to pursue ministry. And again, it's taking it off of ourselves because we're not saying that, hey, I earned this. I deserve this. Hey, I do a hard job. I'm busting my butt for you people. And all I get is criticism, you know, that sort of a thing. That, that, that can happen too. That's a whole, that, that's, know, a that, that's, a, that's a separate yep. conversation yep. of a frustrated pastor. But he, you say to yourself, look, uh, I am well aware of my deficiencies. Uh, I am, and Brian, I, I am you know, 32 years into this at one place. I am more aware of this than I probably have ever been. Yeah. And I'm striving to be more at peace with that yep. in, in, a, in a right sense. Because I am, I am of a bent that my own failures ring loud in my ears. I grew up in a relatively abusive household from my father mm-hmm. who was very verbally abusive. In his words, you're stupid, you're worthless, you know, you, you, you'll never amount to anything, you can't figure anything out. And I realized at some point in my life that after I was out of the home, I took over his job and started saying it to myself. And he said it to me, and I kind of, yeah, I kind of became a good insight. Yeah, I kind yeah. of became my dad's own voice, and so uh, I feel my failures far more keenly than my successes. Mm-hmm. If I were a ball player and I hit a home run and struck out three times, I would not be. I, I would consider that day a failure, yep. you know, that, yep. that kind of a thing. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And you, you look at it and go, okay, yes, I've, uh, you know, there are a number of people that would testify that you've pastored well. The things that ring in my ears are the people that have sat in my office or sent a note or sent a text or an email of that you have failed. Mm-hmm. You were not there for us. You did a bad job counseling. You know, I am put together. Some guys would, that is water off a duck's back. That stuck. The stuff has stuck to me like glue, and I and it has robbed me of sleep, robbed me of peace, made me question my calling, mm. and and to stop and to recognize, I have to go back and look at as we talked about earlier, sober, a sober reflection, sober honest reflection, yeah. and the other thing. I, mean, I don't. Know if I'll go ahead and say this now, and we could. And I don't want to derail or go off on something, but recognizing and you've been helpful to me in this brian and and mark rogrip's book on lamentation i don't know if i I think i said his name close to anyway is the place of grief as opposed to guilt and self-loathing over this and to say okay i i may have failed on this it doesn't mean i'm disqualified it doesn't mean i shouldn't be in ministry because that that's where the negative thinking goes sometimes yeah you did fail. If you fail that much or failed that hard, you shouldn't be in ministry. You're not wise enough to be in ministry. You're not good enough. You're not a good enough man, a good enough pastor. 
And how do you handle that? Whether again, whether it's internal or external, you may yeah. maybe nobody in your church is saying it. It's just your own assessment as you look at empty pews, as you look at a dry baptistry, as you look at you know whatever it is, church isn't growing. It's that you would value or, or evaluate your self worth by, or whether it's people leaving or people letting you know that was a really a bad sermon, or you really failed my sister or my brother. And wherever the source of it is, you know, to be able to evaluate it soberly. And again, this gets back to this is one of the reasons I and mean, one of the things that everybody, every Christian is called to sober mindedness, but it's in the, it's in the, uh, it's in the, what pastors need to be. You need to be able to be sober minded. You need to be able to look accurately at what the Lord has done in calling you and in gifting you. And then what do you do with the shame? What do you do with the failure? Do you eat it, internalize it? paint it on your body, print it on a t-shirt or, you know, put it on earbuds and on, re, on, on a constant loop in your ears, which you can do. So let's, I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you just sharing person like that, Jim. And I can, I can also relate to, uh, the, the critical voices being louder in my head than the encouraging ones. Yeah. And that's part of, that's part of where you have to assess, I think, but let's go to this place. So let's, let's talk about, so uh, answering that question, how do you how do you deal with the negative, shameful talk? Let's assume we're talking to the pastor who can relate to both of us, and the negative voices are louder. And to your point, I think a lot of them live where you just articulated a moment ago. We do it to ourselves. It's our own yeah. voice. It's not even someone else saying something. Right. So let's get practical with this. What are some practical tips? Let's kind of go back and forth for guys to maybe think about to begin to address this in their life, what would be one thing you would mention? Well, the first thing is, I think you, you, you need to you need to bathe yourself in the gospel, and, and and the gospel is the articulation of good news. And part of that good news is that God has so loved, God so loved the world, and the and and that means lousy, rotten people, and 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 he he is he's not against you; he is for you. And you need to remember those redemptive realities of, of God's own love for you, the Savior dying for you, pursuing you. So I think you need to bathe yourself, first of all, in, yeah. in, that, in that gospel well, and apply it to yourself. Well, that's good. Like, the gospel says we're not good enough. Like, like we, we don't have to be But it also perfect. says you're loved. Right. And loved. That's the, that's so the thing. we're not it's, good enough, and yet you're still exactly. loved. Right. So, but there's obviously tons of gospel truths that apply to this, but that's... That's a great place to start. The, the one of the things I would say is, pastors need to uh, embrace their humanity more. Yeah, uh, it's part of just resolving, like you said, like you, thirty-two years in, you're more aware of your failures and your shortcomings. Like I'm assuming, just speaking for the rest of us, Jim, that you're supposed to have it all figured out by now at thirty-two years. So if you have, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If that's, you have well, that's why I've come to this. Odds are, because I figured. you're not going to figure it out. So there is a there is a level, and I can really relate to this. Just coming to a place where, man, I'm human. I'm not. I'm not exactly. God. I'm gonna right. fail. I'm not gonna deliver in what these people need or want from me. I'm not gonna always preach a good sermon. I mean, that, it's part of part of uh, the discouragement, the negative talk, even the shame, you know, crushing voice that we things we tell ourselves comes out of a kind of a perfectionistic expectation. That we just can't meet, and we set ourselves up for that failure. So let yourself be human, like truly embrace your humanity, yeah. and let yourself be who you really are. You're right. You're, you're not God. You're not going to be able to do all these things right. And and it's just to be gracious to yourself 
when you fail, make mistakes. The qualifications are hard enough without having to uh, have them, you know, press press down with a sense of your no own self loathing and failure. No doubt. What's another one for you? Yeah. It, so I, I do think Brian, it is having a um, an understanding and appreciation of of ways in which the Lord has used us. I think we do need to know that. I, th- I think that we need to be able to look at and say, you know, uh, I have I have sought to be a faithful. I've so, I've sought to love these people. I've sought to faithfully teach and to preach the Word of God. And there are people that are growing as a result of that. There are people that have been helped. Uh, it's not all failure. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not all, right. uh, it, it, you know, to be able to look at it and go, you know, there, there, there are, uh, and again, these are so, these are, there's so many tensions in these things. But one day you're going to stand before the Lord on the last day. The Lord is going to say, we trust, and we all want this well done, good and faithful servant. The reality is, you know, for many of us, you know, there, there will be people that will, that will be, uh, how do you say this? You know, where you, you don't want to take, there's none of the glory away from the Lamb, and he's done all of the work. But as the books are opened and, 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 and a man's life is evaluated and, and what people, what you have done for people and, and simply praying for them, loving them, being there for them and giving them the word, which enabled them to hang on for one more week, that that's not nothing. Uh, it's, oh, it's not a small thing. And there is a crown laid up, you know, it does appear in the scriptures, a special crown and reward for those who have labored faithfully yeah. uh, in the ministry for Christ's sake. Yeah, that's really good. I want to piggyback on that in that here, here's this is as practical as I can get it on how do you combat shameful negative talk. Um, it's okay for you to receive encouraging words from other people from mm-hmm. your ministry. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say this. I want, I want to be clear on this, that one of the number one reasons I see so many discouraged pastors is they focus totally on all their failures, but then they don't let the encouraging, mm. kind, good words of their ministry, they don't receive them. Well, if you don't receive any of the good words, and all you do is harp on the bad words, I promise you that is a that is a wonderful recipe to be discouraged and depressed all the time right. about what you're doing. Uh, so I, I, I want to be clear. I think... I think pastors need to embrace any good, positive, encouraging word that comes to them to encourage you to receive it. Here's what happens. We we use the excuse, oh, I don't want to be prideful, so I can't receive any of that. Well, you can actually receive a kind, encouraging word and not get prideful about it. That's actually yeah. really possible. And 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 I think that that's actually uh, the one of the remedies to combat the negative, because the negative is going to be there, but it... But it's important to be, it's, it's, if you preached, a, you know, God used a sermon and somebody comes to you in the back doors, and by the way, I'm not talking flattery. Like, it's insulting when someone says, that's yeah. the greatest sermon I ever heard you pre- right. preach. You know that's bunk. They just right. know it is. Right. I'm talking about an honest, genuine, somebody came and said, man, this sermon was really helpful to me. Yeah. And I know guys who cannot receive that. And I was like, receive it. Like, yeah. yes, it's the Lord, it's, it's Give- affirmation the Lord used you, but it, his spirit was at work to to minister to that person, but he did it through you. Right. I, I would much rather guys in that moment say, you know, in, instead of trying to totally deflect the thing, like, no, oh, no, no, it's, 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 it's all about God. It's like, wait a second, just say thank you. Yeah. Just say thank you and receive it. 
acknowledging, yeah, it's it's that doesn't happen without God at work. But right. I watch way too many pastors. This hits personal with me. I did it badly for a long time. You've, you've got to learn how to receive encouraging comments and feedback. That's what is going to combat ultimately uh, in a lot of ways that negative talk that we live in. Any any other final practical things? Yeah, I want to encourage guys, uh, deal with this in private before God and not publicly lament this. I don't think that that serves our ministry well if we stand up and regularly talk about what a bad preacher or what a bad pastor we are. It doesn't help anything. You know, I think there's a time, look, there's a, there's a, an appropriate time to say, listen, as I talk about, as I talk about our humanity, brothers and sisters, I say this with the full recognition of, of who and what I am. You have, you have no idea what I sometimes struggle with or wrestle with. Mm. It's one thing. It's very different than getting up and go, well, I know this is going to be another lousy sermon. I'm so sorry you have to listen to another lousy sermon. I know all of you are just hoping for the day you get a better pastor. There are guys who talk like that. There are. You're right. And, and it's really, ba- and, it's really and, sad. Yeah, and it's, and it's very sad. And, and and then they say, well, then I got fired. Well, yeah, they you did. Couldn't rally <laughs> the troops with that, huh? They couldn't I mean, quite rally. You no, know. I'm glad you brought that no, up because there, there are a lot I of guys think that are that, that can be a struggle. And you think, well, I'm just trying to be honest, you know, with yeah. with you know how how bad I am or or whatever. Again, it it you look. Nobody's there to hear you. you know, I mean, they're, they're there to hear you. They are there to hear you. But Paul said we don't preach ourselves. Hmm. There's an appropriate biography and in, in sermonizing, but you're not there to talk about how bad you are. You're there to talk about how great the Lord Jesus is. And you can tell him, look, in all of my weakness, he has met me. and all of my failures, he has been faithful. He has sustained me. It's just very different than, than kind of a woe is me. Yeah. If you feel that, again, hey, brother, I've been there. I'm not, I don't want to mock your hurt in, in that. But deal with that before God. Receive the balance, as our brother, has, as, as Brian has even brought out here. But don't take that. Don't take that part publicly. I'm glad you brought that up because I think what you just articulated is eventually how that self-loathing shows up publicly in in this the way that a pastor addresses. Because you're right, I know guys that address their churches like that. And again, that that's not helpful, but it's revealing a deeper issue going on. My final word is this: uh, is a is one of my one of my favorite songs of the Gettys do there's a line in it that's um incredible something like two truths that I must confess my worth and my unworthiness Mm -hmm. and that's the tension we're talking Mm -hmm. about here there is a there is a worthiness in a Mm -hmm. sense that we have being created in the image of God and Mm -hmm. and and the value we are that Jesus came and laid down his life Mm -hmm. for us but there's definitely an unworthiness to us which Mm -hmm. is why we needed need Jesus to come and and there's a these this is a tension that we need to live in because I believe we need to be very aware of our failures and mistakes and our humanity and and all those things but we also need to know how God's at work and be encouraged by that that's the balance you want to find and I really think that is the remedy to addressing this this issue of of negative talk so Jim will you take a minute we said a lot let's just take a minute and pray for guys who sure. Uh, who are struggling with this and feeling it even as we're talking about it. Yeah. 
Our Father in heaven, do pray for uh, even the brother who uh, asked us to talk about this in a special way. You might minister to him, and maybe even this would, this conversation would be uh, a balm uh, to him. But Father, we know he's not alone, and uh, we have been there uh, in that trench uh, with him. Uh, Father, we pray you'd come alongside your servants and do deliver us from that evil of, of a, a preening self-confidence, uh, but Father, also to be able to walk with those who, who know that we are known and loved and used by uh, our great God and Savior. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.